The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, it's such a joyful day to be here. For those who don't know, I'm Father Samuel Schneider. I'm the associate pastor here. I've been very grateful to uh, get to uh, be a part of the Rodemaker family here at Our Lady of Lourdes. Uh, and this is Father Dave Oberts, who's a longtime pastor here, who will be able to uh, witness the vows and receive those for the church. And it's grateful to be here today, and everyone just looks so good. You know, right? Everybody, everybody put on their best suit. And you got to say, the bridesmaids and groomsmen, you know, look very good, you know, in comparison to other weddings, right? right? I don't want to talk about those other weddings, but, but obviously well prepared, right? And myself, I even had to prepare this morning. I got a haircut, if you didn't notice. And I also had to choose what kind of shoes. What kind of black shoes do I choose, right? I think I chose the right ones. But we do many things, interesting enough, for fashion that are very strange, right? We look at uh, different things that there's, you know, there used to be the corset, you know, like you, you put that on and you basically, you know, try to, try to, you know, pull in the chest and suffocate yourself. There's also the men still wear a noose around their neck, you know, very strangely, right? Um, we have a tripping hazard for the, uh, for the wedding dress, you know, but of course we've got to have it, right? We have, you know, different piercings and tattoos that are just, you know, sometimes, you know, you take a lot of suffering in order to have a, a tattoo or piercings. And then, of course, there's high heels, right? Which uh, I'm not quite sure who made those up. But uh, one of the other things that I didn't even know about until I went to the military was another fashion thing, which is called shirt stays. I don't know, many of you probably don't know what shirt stays are, and in fact, I didn't know what shirt stays were until I went into the military and learned how horrible they are. Um, But shirt stays are basically these things that attach to your button-up shirt, and they attach to your shirt, and then you, there's a little cord, kind of elastic cord, that then connects to your foot. It's kind of like a stirrup, and you put it on your foot. And it's supposed to, and it, and it does a pretty good job of keeping your shirt tight, right? It's a shirt stay, so it kind of keeps your shirt from, you know, kind of coming untucked, and so you can do lots of stuff, and it, it still looks good. That's why military, you know, people look so good all the time, right? They've got these shirt stays, at least most of them wear. But one of the odd things about that is that in order to wear that, you have to completely change the way that you dress, 
It's very strange, but I, I don't know about you, but, the, you know, I'm just a normal person, even though that I'm a priest, and I put my pants on, you know, one leg at a time, right? And normally, I, I do that before I put on, put on my shirt or on my socks. That's kind of normally how I do it. But when I got to the military with these shirt stays that you got to wear to look good, because you got to look good in the military, you have to actually put on your button-up shirt first, and your socks before you put on your pants. And it's very awkward, and, and I would mistake it every single morning. I'd put on my pants, and I'd be like, oh, shoot, i got to you know, take them off again. i got to put on the shirt stays, and then they'd come off, and you'd have to do that. And then the shirt stays are terrible because they're elastic. And so they pull out your hair as you're walking. <laughs> and seven, almost seven years later, I still have bald spots on my calves. <laughs> from where these shirt stays would be. Now, why, 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 why do I say all this, right? I don't know. I don't know. I was, you know, not quite sure. Um, order makes a big difference in a life. And I know that both of you are very ordered in the way that you live. But marriage is going to completely change the way that you order your life. And you can order it in different ways to either make it successful or not. In the military, you can get away without shirt, wearing shirt stays most of the time. Um, you could just tuck it in very often and everything else. But if you wanted to look good, if you wanted to be able to be in a good place so that you didn't have to worry about that all the time, some officer catching you without shirt stays and yelling at you or something else, you just wear shirt stays. <laughs> Even though that it hurts, right? Even though that it's in the morning, it's, it's inconvenient. Even though that it kind of doesn't make sense in the normal way of getting dressed. But yet you do it anyways. Because you want to look good, right? And uh, of course, there's more than just looking good in order in the midst of this all. Mother Teresa had a little acronym of order to order everyone's life. She said, we want you to have joy. Joy. Jesus, others, yourself. That that's the way to be able to order your life, to be able to have joy. I think it's also the way to order your life and your marriage to be able to have a joyful marriage. The church desires you to have a joyful marriage. Desires you to have a successful marriage. Desires you to have a a marriage that looks good at the heart and the root of it, right? Not just surfacely. And Scripture, the Scripture that you chose today, show that in different ways. The first reading we have, we have, of course, you know, man is not good to be alone, which I think maybe Tess, who chose this for Isaac, right? It's not good to be alone, right? Um, It's not good to be... to be alone. And we kind of say, well, who's the one who kind of notices that first? It's God. God who knows us and knows what good that we have. And so he starts to to work to fix it, right? And he makes different animals and realizes that cats and dogs just aren't enough, right? There's just not enough to fit, to be complementary in the way that Foley is complementary. And so God fashions out of man this woman. And I love that sign when, it, when, he, when he first sees the woman. This one shall be called, whoa, man. Yeah, right? Uh, kind of recognizing this great complementarity among the two. But it would become disordered 
If Adam ever thought that it was from him that this woman came forth, even though that it did in a certain extent, who was the gift from? Gift was from God. And so if the woman ever takes that place of God, will that gift has all of a sudden become disordered. And in that, sin and destruction of relationship, because that relationship is no longer ordered in the way that it properly is meant to be. And we see that right away in Scripture, where sin comes in and disorders all of creation that God has made. But Jesus came to reorder creation and to reorder marriage in the midst of it all. To remind us that marriage is a covenant that lasts until death do you part. And that it's ordered toward the good of you two and the procreation and education of children. In the second reading that you chose is, of course, this famous... Well, all of Scripture is famous, right? But this one especially for weddings, right? Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It's not pompous. It endures all things, bears all things, believes all things. And this is so incredibly important. And we often think about it, right, as we talk about love in all these different ways. But where does this love come from? Where did St. Paul learn this love? He didn't learn it from his wife. He didn't learn it from his parents. He learned it from God. He learned it from God, and through that was able to talk about what love was. We ourselves, at different times, often just pass on the love that we ourselves have received in an earthly way, from our parents, from our family, from our friends. But St. Paul calls us to a more excellent way that reminds us of where the love comes from. Where is it properly ordered from? Where can we receive this type of love and learn it to be able to share it? It's from God. And that the primary person that we are called to share this love is with God Himself. There's even an order within these different theological virtues of hope, faith, and love, right? The greatest of them is love. Not that faith and hope don't matter. They they matter a great deal. But love is properly ordered as the most important. That you will be judged not on how much faith or hope or how many things you gave away or how much you understood the mysteries of God or whether you spoke in angelic tongues, but whether you loved greatly in the way that God loved you. And in what kind of way did God love you? Well, we hear in the Gospel today. Jesus himself, who reminds us what kind of love is the greatest, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That is the greatest love. But often, um, in order to properly order that, we have to live it in the small things first. I know that for myself, joining the military... I was willing to lay down my life for our country. But yet, I wasn't always willing to wear shirt stays. 
There was kind of these little things that would sometimes, you know, even though that they're small, I was willing to give of my life, but yet these little things got in the way because I didn't remember the proper order of it all. You yourself in, a mar- in marriage will be tempted in many different ways to disorder your marriage, to forget about this day, to forget about the choice that you make here today. And that's where all of you come into play, right? You're here to witness this, to remind them of that constant love, to witness it in your own marriages, and also remind the two of them when they don't always live it up. To remind them of the commandment of Jesus Christ. To love one another. How? As he loves you. And the only way that you're able to know what that love of one another is if if you understand that love that he loves you. He says later that I have called you friends because I have told you everything I heard from my father. Well, do you call him friend? Do you tell him everything that you hear, everything that you learn. He says, it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you. Do you recognize that? That God has chosen you first of all. We can sometimes get in the trap of saying, well, I'll, I'll choose God. No, He's already chosen you. And your response to that is to go and bear fruit. To go and bear fruit in all things. We want you to have joy, to have Jesus, to love Jesus, to love others, and then love yourself. To first of all, to order that, to first worship God, to prayer, to sacrifice as Jesus Christ shows us, and then to others. Primarily, now, within your vocation of marriage, the first person that comes after Jesus, right, is your spouse. No one else. I want to back up again as well with with Jesus. So even there's little things that will happen that will place in this ceremony Jesus first. One of the things was coming down the altar. And that I had everybody bow to the altar, to Jesus Christ, present in the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, first before greeting the others. Of course, some people needed a woman to help them out, to remind them to bow. Uh, But, right, we need that help every once in a while. And you might need that help of each other, right? To remind ourselves that Jesus comes first and then others. Within the marriage, you will first, you will make the sacrament of marriage, you will receive the vows, consent. But Jesus will touch your lips before you touch each other's lips. That you will receive communion before you kiss each other after the vows. Putting Jesus, of course, once again in the proper order and placing Him first. Within others, to remind yourself always that the spouse comes first. That you said goodbye to your parents in some way for the, you know, said goodbye to them first so that you might be able to be with each other. That you two now come first even before your parents, even before other family, and even before your children. Your children, although will become second in your life, God willing, will never play, take the place 
of the spouse. Although that's the temptation often. But we need to properly order things so that you might have joy. And so you too always come first. And then your children. Then your family. Then your friends. And then finally yourself, right? That comes in self-care, which is so incredibly important. Your jobs, your success, your security. But all of those things only come as a byproduct in some ways of that proper joy. If you place those things first before Jesus or others, your life will descend into chaos, into disorder, right? But we want to properly order it so that we might have the joy that Jesus Christ desires to give you in this sacrament of holy matrimony. Certainly, ordering your life at different times will become difficult. You'll have to change certain things. You'll have to put on your pants maybe last. You'll have to lose certain hair, you know, on your head or on your calf, right? You'll have to lose certain, certain things that before were always assumed to be part of it. But your life changes definitively today forever. Hopefully in a way that brings a greater joy. That brings Jesus Christ in a greater way in this beautiful sacrament that He gives us to raise you up and give you grace to make it to heaven. To love one another and not be just a clanging cymbal or noisy gong, but to be filled with love that Jesus Christ gives you and with one another. If you're ready to make that commitment to order, to joy in Jesus Christ, I invite you to make uh, your promises and consent uh, before everyone present here today, uh, right now.